Well, good afternoon, and welcome to episode 207 of The Other Ground Live. I'm Pastor Jay. All right, you guys know the routine. I have news articles that I've picked out throughout the course of the day for us to talk about. Uh, feel free to call in uh, any topic uh, at all or your own topic. I'm not picky. And if you're too shy to call in, uh, respond in the chat box, and I will try to get back to you on that as well. Ooh, Jay's tired today. <laughs> it's ended a work week for me. Uh, and uh, I didn't sleep well last night for some reason or another. So not horribly bad, but I never sl- sleep great. Uh, anyways, I take a whole bunch of sleep medications for it just to get okay sleep. So um, not a big deal. It just, it just left me feeling a little bit off all day. You ever had one of those days? You, I mean, you know, you, you obviously got enough uh, sleep because you managed to get up out of bed and go to work, but uh, not enough to make you feel like a no- normal person. Um, I'm sure most of us have uh, dealt with insomnia from time to time. Uh, but mine was getting pretty severe at one point. I, uh, I was literally sleeping like three, four hours a night, like for long periods of time. And then every once in a great while, I just basically they didn't fall asleep. And it was weird because I was always went to bed tired and fell asleep relatively quickly. But after a certain period of time, I would wake up like, and then after that, my sleep was broken at best. Like on a good night, I would, you know, go to bed. Let's say at that point, I was going to bed at 11 o'clock. Uh, I go to bed at 11 sleep till about one maybe 2 a.m and then i'd be up for the rest of the night up and down you know um get up use the bathroom lie back down can't fall back asleep for like an hour goes off for a moment and wake back up it was pretty suck ass um now um according to my fitbit uh, i do pretty close to the same thing but these medications let me fall back to sleep uh after i get up right away so like i'll get up and use the bathroom and then fall right back asleep again so even though i'm still getting up two or three times a night uh, sometimes i wake up and just you know um not even to have to use the bathroom just wake up and i'm awake for a little bit and I, but what i it used to be when that happened it would take me a long time to fall back asleep but now i fall asleep uh, right away um so even though i'm really only getting five or six hours worth of sleep at best uh, it's so much better than what i used to get that uh, i i can live with it I can't, I couldn't even imagine getting like falling asleep, uh, and sleeping eight hours straight. Uh, I, um, to me, that's like a myth that do people actually do that? Do any of you guys, do you guys do that? Do you guys sleep for your entire t- sleep period without waking up? Um, and I could see people waking up once to, uh, you know, pee in the, in the middle of the night, but I'll wake up two, three, four, five, six, seven times. And like a couple of those times I'll get up to pee because uh, I might I might not actually have to pee that bad, and I certainly wasn't woken up by needing to pee. But now that I'm awake, I realize that I need to pee at least enough to to make it. Uh, my brain won't let me fall uh, back asleep until I go take care of it, even though I didn't really need to get up in the, in the first place. Uh, so that only made it worse. Uh, Homelander saying he's lucky to sleep three hours straight. Yeah, do you? Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. Do you take anything for it uh, uh, now? As uh, do you uh, like it, it's. It's okay to sleep three hours straight if you can fall asleep and then sleep another three hours. Um, uh, but uh, I suspect that's not how it was for you because uh, that's how it was. That's how it is for me now. So, but it's much better. Um, and uh, for those that can't see a chat, he says he's uh, used to take a whole bunch of shit, but now he doesn't really anymore. It doesn't work for him. Um, yeah, I got pretty lucky that the what they put me on is a fairly mild. Um, medication compared to most sleep aids or at least prescription ones i'm on i think it's called trazodone 
either trazodone or traxodone, something like that. Um, and it works okay, but when I combine it with a GABA, which is actually something Ryan recommended to me for all the haters, <laughs> and between the two of them, it, it uh, keeps me pretty drowsy at night, so uh, I fall back right asleep when I wake up again. Uh, Homelander saying uh, Lunesta was the best. Ambien does nothing. I've heard a lot of people say they get good results with Ambien, but of course you hear all the stories about people doing weird shit in their sleep. So uh, I'm just glad that what I'm taking um, is as effective. The only real side effect of what I'm taking is the fact that it was actually designed to be an antidepressant. <laughs> so you, it might make me happier. <laughs> I, it's pretty, I can handle that for a side effect. <laughs> it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, my wife thinks I'm depressed anyway. She thinks I need to go see a therapist, as weird as that sounds. Uh, you, as you guys know, I'm, I'm all right. You know, I'm just a normal guy. Sometimes I'm happy. Sometimes I'm sad. Uh, she also thinks I haven't dealt with my, the, my uh, grief uh, with what happened with my parents and everything, my, me being sick and everything like that. And I repressed everything, which is probably true. That, that's always been my attitude about uh, bad things and emotions. Uh, what you do is you like think of your inside as like having this well in it, you know, like where you would draw water from right there, like right where your stomach is. And whenever something bad happens to you or you have a negative emotion or something shitty happens, what you do is you take that thing and you squeeze it, squeeze it, squeeze it, and squeeze it down and squeeze it down, squeeze it down until it's a little ball. And you take that ball and you shove it deep, 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 deep in that well. So it's never going to be seen again. Uh, and that's how it's, that's how I've dealt with most of my problems in life. And it's working out pretty good. I mean, I can't imagine there's any, uh, like, drawbacks of doing it that way <laughs> uh yeah says, don't try to work your issues out here <laughs> yeah no i'm pretty good um yeah i don't see, need to see a therapist i'm fine <sighs> was nice of her to think so <laughs> my wife's one of those types that worries about everybody uh you know um including complete strangers <laughs> here's a good example of this she was asking me uh um if uh which houses on the street i thought had kids on it i'm like i don't know i don't pay attention to that shit she and she started lame, naming off houses where she knows there's kids at ones that she's not and a couple she's not sure of i'm like why does this matter uh she goes well for halloween i'm like well before this year no one ever even came to our house for halloween uh and she said that's not what she's talking about I'm like what do you mean by that what my wife wants to do is get a bucket and fill it with candy and drop it off on the porch of every every uh, house on our street that has a kid or you know one bucket for each kid. Um, we don't know any of these people, not a single one of them. Uh, like a couple of them's wave as we walk by, sort of thing. But they're like none of the houses of kids are like our next door neighbors. We know our we know all of our like immediate neighbors, the one on the either side and the two across from us. But other than that, no. Uh, and you know, my wife's only been living here for three maybe four years so it's not like it's not like she has this like uh, deep connection with all these people she doesn't she doesn't even know them at all but she wants to make sure their kids have candy on halloween since they may or may not be able to trick-or-treat <laughs> so i uh i, I yeah and that, that's the type of person that she is um which is great in a lot of ways it works for my benefit because you know uh, she, she's very nice to me as well uh but uh she uh um like she's definitely like the type of person that will throw money at a GoFundMe at a stranger uh, given the opportunity. Um, oh, she's the type of person that would probably buy like a homeless person a meal. Definitely. That wouldn't be, that wouldn't surprise me the least bit. Uh, she's very, very uh, charitable. Um, 
she worries about other people, you know, possibly too much sometimes, but, uh, it's because she's a good person. Um, unfortunately, uh, the, this, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, connection she has with strangers extends to speaking to them <laughs> all the time. They, uh, they did a thread on the other ground uh, a week or two ago about, uh, things your wife did that annoyed you. Uh, and my number one thing was that she talks to strangers, talks to any stranger at any time. <laughs> doesn't matter what the situation is. Doesn't matter who the person is. <laughs> if you're in close proximity to my wife for any reasonable amount of time, she's going to have a conversation with you. <laughs> um, I mean, bless her heart. I mean, we've, we've met some cool people that way, actually, uh, especially in vacations and different spots. Uh, but it that makes me super uncomfortable. I don't like meeting new people. I'm not good in public. Uh, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't, leave, don't even want to make eye contact with anybody if I can possibly handle it. Uh, and I don't want you in my personal space. I'm not. I don't need any new friends. <laughs> um, at least not in person. Online Online's different. I want to be friends with everybody online. In person, not so much. Stay away from me. Um, but she'll strike up conversations with, uh, uh, in line uh, all the time. Um, I remember at one time she went, we were on vacation in uh, Mackinac Island, uh, and we were at an awesome hotel room. Uh, we, we were stayed at the, the uh, grand hotel, um, which if you're not from Michigan, you're probably not familiar with, but it's an amazing hotel built in like 1890 or 1910 or some shit like that on Mackinac Island which is a high-end vacation space. Um, we could have not affo have afforded those uh, that rooms ourselves. Uh, we were bought it as a gift, uh, which is good because two nights there were $1,800. <laughs> it was basically $900 a night for that room, uh, which sounds ridiculously crazy, but it did, inclu it did include uh, meals for your, your, for your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, I'm one strange. I, you know, uh, Homelander says I'm one strange Judah. That's fine. I, I guess I can live with that. Um, but regardless, uh, so it did include, it did include, uh, like your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it was, they're a very high end, uh, and so one, one, uh, afternoon I'm resting in a room because we walked around a lot. There's no cars on the island and everything's walking bicycles or a uh, horse-drawn carriage. Um, and she goes downstairs to smoke. Well, there's no smoking in the hotel, but they have like a, they're an area for it with, uh, outside with like, uh, ashtrays set up in the set and the other. And after... 15 or 20 minutes um she's not back yet i'm like hmm. so i send her a text and say hey uh where'd you run off to and her response was uh we're, we're going to dinner with uh with phil and tracy uh come down to the restaurant i'm like with with who and fucking who and in the course of 15 minutes she made friends with somebody enough to decide to go out to dinner with them and uh which is actually cool they ended up being cool people uh, he was like a musician or something like that and she worked for like a sports team um and yeah, uh, we shot the shit with him most of the night. But it just amazed me that she became fa friends with somebody in like th the time it took her to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> uh, oh, Homelander saw the Wookiee Yoga fucking thing. Yeah, you know what? That's that was actually something that, that I had to do. I have no, I had no choice in the matter. Uh, you might not be. Uh, I I can't remember when you joined the OG, so you might not have been around for that. Uh, I, the reason I got the Wookiee suit is because the OG paid for half of it. I posted it uh, on years and years and years ago saying, I wish I could get this Wookiee suit, but it's way too fucking expensive. And someone, someone said, Hey, you know, 
uh, start a GoFundMe for it. And, you know, uh, if you do enough stupid shit for it, well, we'll, we'll pay for it. I'm like, no, that's, that's okay. So, but so someone else started a GoFundMe <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, it was like a 300, $350 costume and the OG ended up kicking in about $150. Uh, at that point, I felt kind of obligated, so I spent the other like $150, $200 to buy the uh, suit and then then did a series of videos and you know and other things that they asked for uh, in uh, reward for them uh, helping me out on the suit. And it was, uh, for the most part, a disappointment. The The suit itself is, is pretty cool, but the mask is all fucked up. It doesn't fit at all. Uh, you, when it's so gigantically huge that the when you put it on, the eye holes hang like four or five inches from your, from your eyes, so you can't actually see out of them. Um, So, it, you know, I have it downstairs in the basement still, but I don't use it for anything. It's, uh, I occasionally keep an eye out for werewolves, heads, masks that are the same color as that fur, because you could probably pull that off, but that would be super duper fucking hot. <laughs> it was so, I, I used it for a couple occasions, like, uh, there was a Halloween party at our work that they actually paid me to show up and wearing that, and I gave out, uh, uh, cider and donuts and shit, uh, and I ended up buying, like, a, uh, a vest for it like a cooling vest uh, all it was was uh, like a whole bunch of ice packs like the type you throw into the uh freezer and then the next day put in your cooler to keep it cool uh there was a whole bunch of them that just velcroed onto a, like a vest that you wore underneath the costume and it did a decent job but it was still uncomfortable um i can't believe that some people wear those type of costumes for like hours upon hours and hours um especially like those disney people uh at the uh um Theme parks. Uh, I've never been to any of the Disney places, but I've seen all kinds of videos of the employees wearing those big ass fucking mascot type uh, costumes with the different characters, and that has to fucking suck ass. Uh, I imagine they don't get paid a lot for either, so it's not exactly a high skill job. <laughs> all right, all right, enough about that bullshit. Let's uh, find something to actually talk about. Uh, feel free to call in on this topic or any topic that you want uh let's say game of thrones thing no we don't need to do that yet uh no that's a bad one. Oh, here we go uh jetpack maker isn't so sure that's what's been spotted over la um we talked about the a week or two ago about a jetpack being spotted at three thousand feet uh, over la which is ridiculous because that's way higher than people normally fly them and actually uh, illegal because i believe it's in like uh, flight patterns at that point uh, you're not supposed to fly anything uh, over 400 foot. So that's not like an actual airplane. And that's with a recorded flight plan and all that good shit. Um, and then uh, last on Wednesday, just last Wednesday, uh, it was spotted again at like 6,000 feet. So uh, this week's sighting was seen by a China Airlines flight. Um, but uh but Dave Maiman, uh, chief executive of the Los Angeles-based uh, Jetpack Aviation, said Thursday that he doesn't believe what the pilots and crew members are seeing are indeed jetpacks. Uh, he said there are only a handful of companies working on this type of technology, and none of us have heard about anything doing something like that. Uh, the question is, why the heck would you fly around LAX? Uh, you need to have your head red. That's like a catastrophic accident waiting to happen. Okay, well, what does he say it is then? Let's see. Um... Full. Okay. Um, Bayman's company, which was established in 2016, has provided 
produced five jetpacks, he said, noting that all of them are under lock and key. Only two people have uh, those keys, Maiman and his chief engineer, and none of the packs have been sold, he said. That's a hell of a company, dude. <laughs> it's, in the last four years, four years, you've made five jetpacks and sold none of them. Uh, for liability reasons, he said the company instead offers two-day sessions where for five grand, trainees can travel to the company's San Fernando Valley-based facility and learn to fly the jetpacks. Uh, Mayman said it'd be extremely unlikely that the company's latest machine could reach the heights described by the airline crew and pilots while also safely descending. Uh, the August sighting was 3,000 feet. The Wednesday sighting was 6,000 feet. Uh, it would take one of the company's turbine-powered jetpacks as long as seven minutes to reach 6,000 feet. Uh, the company's latest model holds 12 gallons of fuel, or about 10 minutes worth. Uh, to climb and descend, it takes some time to do that, he said. To fly around as seen and be seen by an airplane, that takes even more time. You'd just be out of fuel. Okay, well, what does he think it is? Um, I'm skipping ahead, skipping ahead. Ah, here we go. So what does Maiman think the airlines are actually seeing? He thinks it's a battery-powered electric drone, possibly loaded with an inflatable mannequin uh, that's being flown remotely. Uh, they're far quieter, and the person flying the device could augment, use augmented reality or virtual reality goggles to pilot, or just a fucking screen. <laughs> uh, any team could put this together with parts from China. You don't even need the parts. You can just order a drone. Um, although you can obviously build them as well. Okay, so yeah, God, that took a long time to get to that. He thinks it's a fucking drone. And you know what? That's a probably reasonable explanation. Um, the drone that I had could go up to, I want to say fucking a thousand feet no a thousand meters they could go up to it could go up to three thousand feet um i took it i took it that high once <laughs> uh, just once it was, it, it was a weird scary sensation to get looking down on this camera and see how far you actually fucking were uh but i was outside of flight pan patterns or anything like that uh, and back when i did this there wasn't any rules against that <laughs> now you now you probably get in trouble if you if you did that shit uh but yeah, but you can certainly build one uh, that would go way higher than that. Uh, this was a nice, it was a nice drone. But it was just a commercial pre-built drone as opposed to someone buying like the motors and setting up their own shit. So he's probably right because uh, it can't be someone just flying around a jetpack. Yeah. As he mentioned, the, unless it's a really advanced model that he's unaware of, it wouldn't have the fuel to do the shit that they were saying. Uh, and two, who has the fucking balls to take up a jetpack 6,000 feet? <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, at the very best, you might have like an emergency shoot on your chest. You couldn't, obviously you couldn't have a parachute on your back. So, um, I would, I would just pass on that entire experience. <laughs> any of you guys, would any of you guys, uh, uh try flying a jetpack if, uh, uh, they said, uh, the only guarantee that they can give you is that the equipment itself works. And, uh, let's say, let's say even say if you had no worries about running out of gas, would you fly a jetpack? Would you just trust your own skill? Uh, because there's not much in the way of uh, safety precautions that they can put on the jetpack, right? It just, you know, um, either if it works and you can fly it around, it would be a skill-based uh, thing, I would assume. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, stupid topic. All right, well, what else we got? Yeah, Homelander doesn't need a jetpack to fly, yo. Yeah, me neither, as it turns out, as you guys might have guessed. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, here's the thing. Uh, Disney Plus now shows a warning label. Excuse me. Disney Plus now shows a warning label for six movies that contain racist stereotypes. Um, Disney added a new 
advisory message that plays before six movies on its uh, Disney Plus uh, streaming platform. The message warns that the movies contain racial stereotypes that were wrong then and wrong now, and that at the and that the content pop perpetrates negative depictions of people and cultures. Uh, the movies that will display the advisory include Peter Pan, hmm, The Aristocats, Jungle Book, Lady and the Tramp, Dumbo, and Swiss Family Robinson. Um, damn, dude, I'm trying to remember those movies. Peter Pan, what could possibly be in Peter Pan that, oh, okay, they showed a picture of Peter Pan hanging out with uh, some Indians, and yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think an Indian person might be offended by that. Okay, never mind. Uh, but beyond that, what I, I don't think I've ever even seen the Aristocats, to be honest with you. The Jungle Book? What's wrong with the Jungle Book? Uh, what could possibly be racist about the Jungle Book? Uh, it's been a little while since I've seen it, but uh, uh, that's not... Come on. Oh, well. I'm sure there's something bad, otherwise they wouldn't be doing it. Uh, Homelander said Hulu and Amazon were doing that five months ago. Well, that's a shame. Uh, I don't know. I, I I guess it can't hurt anything to have a warning in front of it. They're not actually changing the movies. Um, So as long as they don't start cutting up movies and taking out parts that they think are offensive, uh, you know, uh, you never know what's going to be offensive in the future. You know, uh, so I don't believe in like uh, editing our history, so to speak And, and stuff and movies and TV shows are a part of our history. That's part of our culture. Um, just like anything else, uh, that'd be the same as going through books and like removing the parts that you find offensive. Uh, so as long as they're not doing that, I don't think I'm going to a warning in front of shit. All right. Uh, here's one EV maker Fisker, which is a great name for a company Fisker. Just debuted its 37,000 all-electric ocean SUV coming in 2022, which claims will be the world's most sustainable vehicle, uh, which is an interesting statement. Let's look at the bullet points. Uh, oh, it's an American automaker. American automaker Fisker has debuted its all-electric SUV, Ocean, with a solar roof for $37,500, considerably cheaper than the Tesla's model Wada Wada Wada, which goes for $84,000. That's a lot of money. Uh, the interior of the vehicle will be full vegan and made of mostly recycled materials, including abandoned fishnets, plastic bottles, and T-shirts. <laughs> the car will be closely tied with the Fisker app and will allow drivers to pay for their vehicle, book service appointments, and potentially set up ride shares and carpooling in the future. <laughs> Uh, on, on October 15th, Fisker announced that Magna International, a global contract automaker, would take a 6% stake in the electric vehicle startup and help Fisker manufacture the Ocean SUV. And it will be, it will be beginning production uh, in 2022. Uh, that's interesting. I don't know if the use of recyclable things like that is... I mean, I guess it's fine, but, but when you tell me, yeah, we made this out of trash, it's $40,000. That doesn't sit right with me. Uh, maybe, maybe a different marketing would be required to sell that car to me. Uh, um, you know, like, Hey, look at this $80,000 car that we can sell to you for $40,000 because we used recycled materials. That makes me feel a bit better about buying it. <laughs> but cause you know, I, I obviously am, you know, for recycling just as much as any other, anybody else, but you know, the, <laughs> Like, yeah, 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 we made that steering wheel out of a used t-shirt. Oh, that's great. 
You couldn't use leather, huh? No. Okay. Use t-shirt. Um, and that's literally what they said. So whatever. Uh, what do you guys think about the electric car thing in general though? Um, more and more companies are getting into it right now. I just, I mean, I don't know. My, I bought a car fairly recently, like last year. So obviously I could have bought an electric car, uh, at the price point that I'm at that obviously be not much of a car. I could definitely couldn't afford a Tesla, but I could have probably afforded like a Nissan leaf or something like that. Oh, you know, those little mini cars that like go like a hundred miles on a charge, which by the way, would be fine for me on day to day use. I put like 35 miles a day in my car driving it five days a week i it takes me a long time to get to my work and back relatively speaking because i drive service roads because there's no highways going back and forth it's only i I think like 17 or 18 miles each way though so you think it would take me less time but all these surface roads are speeds like 35 for most of them occasionally 40 so you're not like uh you don't have a really rapid pace but anyways uh I'm not sure if I'd want an electric car regardless. I kind of, I, I, I kind of like, um, internal combustion. I like the sound of engines and, you know, all that good shit. Yeah. A completely quiet car. It'd be kind of weird. You hit the gas and it doesn't make any, any sounds. That's not cool. I mean, yeah, I don't want it to make fake sounds. I'm sure that I'm sure they could do that. You know what? Actually, I heard that's a thing, uh, that some companies actually have, uh, fake engine noise, uh, imported into the, uh, engine, excuse me, the cabin interior. So, you know, that goes along with your gas pedal. So, you know, it makes a sound on the inside, like, you know, you've got an awesome exhaust system with it still being fairly quiet on the outside. Um, <laughs> Homelander's not a fan of the uh, electric cars either. Um, but uh, I don't like that idea. I want it to be the actual sound of the engine. You know, uh, that's just kind of silly to put in, port in fake engine noise. Uh, my car has something kind of like that i mean but yes no it has something called a, a symposer um the it ha- the, which means there's a um a line going to the um intake with a uh that that goes through the symposer and then into the cabin and if the rpms are above a certain point it opens that up so you can hear the engine and some people says that's fake because because that's noise coming from the intake instead of the exhaust. Um, but on the when you're driving a car, the car sounds fucking awesome. But it's you know on the outside of it, you can hear the exhaust, but it doesn't sound the same. And this one, I don't, it doesn't bother me at all because I like the way it sounds and it's actual engine noise. You know, it goes along with what you're doing. Um, the fact that the sounds coming from the intake instead of the exhaust doesn't really bother me. But I've had people say, "Oh, that's a fake noise." I'm like no that's real noise no 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 i'm like okay so the noise is real when it comes from the exhaust but it's fake when it comes from the intake i know home later home slayer say fasters do it but it's not the same thing it's not it's not a a, a fake electron it's not a recording which is what some uh, cars do this one's just uh letting some of the uh engine noise come in through a port <laughs> yeah so uh but I like the way it sounds. A lot, some people delete it and put it, but these are all people that normally install uh, aftermarket exhaust systems anyways, because they don't want their car to be quiet. I, I like my car being fairly quiet. Um, if nothing else, I'm sure the neighbors appreciate it. I don't want a fart box. Just blah, 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 blah. Some people like uh, actually have uh, tunes on their car. They call them crackle tunes where like if you, you know, where it pops and shit like that. 
um, when they when they uh, hit the gas. And I think that's just fucking ridiculous. Why would you? I mean, that that's clearly people that uh, want attention, uh, which uh, which is not what I'm looking for with this car. It's you know, it's a gray car. I'm not going to put any kind of uh, visual modifications on it at all, uh, unless you knew specifically what what it kind of car it was. You wouldn't look at it twice. Uh, although, which by the way, it is nice in certain situations. I found that people have a lot less of an issue with me, like weaving in and out of traffic in this little car than they would per se in you know something faster like i don't think i get away with shit that people get be pissed off at if it was a porsche <laughs> but since my car looks like you know someone something a mage driving from job to job it's it doesn't attract the same sort of attention and uh as so to speak eh, all righty but anyways uh what else do we want to talk about tonight well, we're already half through, halfway through the show. I guess that's a good sign. I'm feeling wordy today. <laughs> uh, let's see. Talked about that one. Talked about that one. Hmm. Oh, have you guys heard? Of, I assume you guys have heard about this. Uh, the, the headline is, I escaped a modern sex cult after spending eight years as their slave. Age just 19, India Oxenberg went along to a seminar near her family home in Los Angeles, run by a group purporting to offer executive success program, offer an executive success, success program. Uh, the teenager had just left the university in Boston and was trying to start a catering brand when her mother heard about the support. Okay, you know what? This is probably way too long for us to do. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking you guys don't want to read a 10 minute, 10 minute article about this thing. Uh, let's find something a little bit, uh, a little bit less wordy. Oh yeah. See, captain was talking. He, he said he wants to be as low profile as possible back on the entire car thing. Uh, blend in with society, no stickers, no exhaust. Keep it simple. Yeah, exactly. I never could understand why people would fucking put, I'm not a big fan of stickers in general. I think it makes your car look trashy. Uh, but the ones that get me is people that put their political stickers on their car. I'm like, that is a poor idea, sir or ma'am uh all you're doing is asking for someone to fuck with your car um because i guarantee you that if someone was going to fuck with your car anyways they're not going to go oh he supports the same candidate that i do i'm, I'm not going to fuck with his car now but the if some guy's looking for a car to fuck with and you have one a uh um car with a political person they don't like they'd be more likely to fuck with your car and if they're one one of those nutty nutty people it, some people will fuck with your car just because of the political uh affiliation that you just shown so uh it's it's not like it's doing your cause any good really um that's that's why i thought the entire putting signs out and you know putting stickers on your car th that's that's just weird to me it's not going to convince anybody to vote for your person uh you know we don't care what you're voting what you're voting for <laughs> Just go ahead and vote. You don't need to tell me. I don't want to hear about it. Oh, back in the car thing, a uh, uh, homelander said his, his Golf R that he talked about in the car thread, because we had a car thread in the OG in the forum that uh, we're all from, uh, uh, had a, oh, uh, a, a thread, added a turbo back exhaust on it that was quieter than the factory exhaust. But when it uh, got above 3,000 RPM, it screamed. Yeah, it, he said it actually screamed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I like. I want something that you can drive around, you know, on the sedate thing and have it be completely quiet and no no issues at all. I don't mind if it gets loud if, if you really fucking jam on it because uh, that's fun. Uh, but it doesn't, for me, 
I don't want uh, something that's loud all the time, which is normally the response that you get for people putting aftermarket shit, especially on the little cars that don't have the, uh, the cylinders to sound fucking badass naturally. Um, you know, a four, it's hard to make a four cylinder sound cool. Uh, the best people I've ever found that did that was uh, Fiat on their Barths, uh, the newer ones, like the 2000, ones they started selling in 2013. They sounded fucking amazing. Um, and I don't know if this is true or not, uh, but the story I heard was that the reason the Fiat Abarth sounds fucking amazing is because they tried 14 different uh, muffler designs to try to find the best one. So they tried like one, all like 14 of them, and they still hadn't found one they liked. Uh, so they decided to try one more, uh, and it sounded fucking amazing. They said it sounded awesome. So one of the best sounding exhausts that you ever heard. And then when they went underneath the uh, car to uh, see which one they put on there, they discovered that they had forgot to put one on. Uh, there had been no muffler at all. And that's what they went with. Uh, I don't know if that story is true or not, but you will find out that the 2013 through, I think they're still selling them, uh, Fiat Abarths, Fiat 500 Abarths have no muffler. Um, they have all the other exhaust work and all that good stuff, but no actual mufflers. They sound fucking badass. Uh, they sound like a like an exotic fucking car. It's it's a bad it's a really cool sounding car. Uh, most videos probably wouldn't do it justice, but when you get a chance, go on YouTube and try to find like a stock Fiat 500 Abarth uh, sound. Olmeyer um, says his car. People said his car sounded angry, uh, and I love the Abarth sound. It, it was just badass. Uh, the car before the fast car I had behind before that was actually kind of cool. Uh, it was the. Uh, the Chevy Cobalt that I had, uh, the SS model, uh, but it was supercharged. Uh, so the exhaust itself was cool sounding, but not, not, you know, nothing amazing. It was, it was a sports exhaust, but yeah, uh, it wasn't the best one I ever heard, but it wasn't the worst one, but the fucking supercharger sound was goddamn awesome. <laughs> you know, it'd be spooled up in that whistling sound. I don't know. I just dug it quite a bit. Uh, and it was loud because I had, uh, like a different intake, which, uh, opened up the sound on it quite a bit. Um, You'd hit the gas and it, it would fucking people people's heads would turn and shit. Uh, I miss that car. It, it, the the uh, inside of it was kind of crappy and you know because it was just a Chevy Cobalt. Uh, but I had the, like the premium paint job on it. It was like a metallic red. It was a triple coat. They called it triple paint. I don't know. It was a badass uh, uh, paint job. It cost like an extra four hundred dollars or something like that. Um, and I had uh, instead of their regular gunmetal. Uh, gray rims i had like chrome shiny mirror mirror rims and uh i got quite a quite a few quite a bit of attention because of that it was just a cool looking car i think i posted the uh, pictures uh, on the og before so you guys know what i'm talking about and that's always been more fun for me to take cheap cars and you know um and make them the best cheap car you could have i, I believe i said that before i'd rather have the a cheap car with all the options than an expensive car with none of the options um because I just hate driving by a car that that looks like mine, but cooler, <laughs> you know, uh, I'd much rather have the best one. Uh, that's a good example. Of that was in between, uh, me getting the, um, Cobalt and the, uh, Fiat Abarth. There was a couple cars. Um, one of them was like a 2010, uh, Chevy Malibu and, it was a good, it was a good car. I mean, it drove great. Um, it was comfortable, uh, but it was so bland. 
it didn't have any upgrades on it. I, and that's not the shit. I don't really care about that stuff all that much, but you'll look over at like another car and it's got like a way better, then it's the same car that you got, but it's got a way better stereo system and better trim on it. It's got the better engine, you know, leather seats. You're like, damn, that one, that one kind of makes my car look like a turd. Uh, but that's not the reason that I got rid of it. It, it was a lease. So you know, I, I had it for the three years, but I didn't buy it. I didn't have any desire in getting a new lease for it because it was just fucking boring to drive. It was like driving a couch. <laughs> you know, I actually caught myself at one point uh, leaning my elbow on like the armrest and then resting my chin on my on my uh, hand, you know, like and just driving down the road. <laughs> do, 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 do. I'm like, oh shit, dude, this car is way too boring for that, any of that shit. So, um, God, what did I get after that? I think I got the Fiat after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the Fiat Barth after that because it was a 2013. And I had that for a couple of years and I loved it to death. But, um, unfortunately, uh, Fiat Abarths and winter do not mix well at all. <laughs> it was, it was pretty low to the ground and it had like one of those type of spoilers that's pointed out in the front of the bit, the lower lip spoiler. And, uh, if snow got on the road above a certain point, I just couldn't drive. It, it would catch it like it was a, uh, um, snow plow. Uh, so I got rid of it and got a, uh, Jeep Patriot. Which was a better car than I expected, by the way. Oh, pimp hands here. What's up? Um, oh, Homelander was asking about the uh, uh, Cobalt. Uh, Jay, did you do a bigger pulley on the crank, smaller pulley on the supercharger, or both? I just did a uh, smaller pulley on the supercharger, and I didn't even go with the most crazy one. I think a, uh, I think the stock one was like three point five inches, and I went to a two point eight, uh, which is pretty small. But there's there's people out there that were like doing 2.6 or 2.5 millimeter ones, uh, getting it spinning up really fucking, you know, getting quite a bit of boost out of it. But we uh, didn't want to do anything too crazy with it. My car probably got 300 horsepower with everything I had going on. But his car, the guy that I was helping with it with this, was like in the 400, 420 range. So uh, yeah, he had his uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, two point. Yeah, there were. Uh, yeah, two point five. He said he's uh, homelander's talking about the uh, supercharger pulley. Yeah, I, he says a two point five and a three point five stock is nuts. Yeah, it is. And I might be wrong on the three point five for one, but I know I know for a fact mine was a two point eight. So I'm assuming it's down from a three point five. It might be a little bit bigger or smaller than that, like a three point two. I know it's not a, th a three point oh because at that point a, a two point eight wouldn't be much of a reduction. Uh, homelander says probably three point two. That might be it. Some, Something like that. But regardless, uh, I had like a mid-range one because uh, I didn't want to change any internals. I didn't want to put like a different exhaust set on it. And most importantly, I didn't want to change like the um, the substruts, the subaxles, uh, because after a certain point, the the, uh, the axles are only, subaxles are only rated for uh, so much horsepower. And you could, if you up the engine horsepower enough, you'll just snap the axles. Um that and once you got above a certain amount of horsepower the clutch it wasn't uh, set up to handle that much and there's just a whole bunch of things that you want to you have to do to make it good after like about where i was so um while i could have modified the car way more and got like i said almost another horse 100 to 120 horsepower out of it you'd be changing a lot of shit at that point um So not to mention the fact that it was a lease. <laughs> so I didn't want to fuck with it too much. And once the lease was over, I took off the parts that, that I put on it, sold them, uh, 
had my buddy put it, the tune back to stock. We put all the stock parts back on him because I'd saved them all and turned it in. And uh, that was the end of that. <laughs> I waited for a while to, from a, for a letter from the, the automotive company to ask me what the thought I, what the fuck I thought I was doing. Uh, but they were cool with it. So, um, oh, Doss just showed up. Yeah, Doss, uh, Homelander pointed out Doss is doing uh, good at our um, fantasy MMA thing. Uh, for those of you unaware, a lot of people here on the uh, show have gotten together and do a fantasy MMA picks uh, every week. Uh, we, it's like a, it's like fantasy football, but for MMA. And uh, Doss is doing very well. Um, I'm doing moderately well. I think I'm in the middle of the pack, which is strange because we do actually do two of them. We do one off something called Fight Picks, which is an app that you can get on your phone. Uh, but we also do a separate one on uh, a website called MMA Playground. The one on MMA Playground is a little more in-depth, and it adds betting and things like that. And I'm having a good season on that. Uh, but because they score it differently on the Fight Picks uh, app, I'm only doing like mid of the pa- midway through the pack for the most part. Yeah, yeah. And Homelander's like second place in everything. <laughs> so so that might, might actually make you best overall. Oh, sorry. I'm taking off this uh, hoodie. I'm getting hot. I don't know why, always why I, I always get hot while I'm doing the show. I think you guys make me all hot and sweaty and shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what else we got today? <laughs> Ooh, this might be my favorite headline in quite a while. Queen grants rare royal pardon to a murderer who fought off a terrorist knife attacker with a five-foot narwhal tusk on London Bridge. That's a lot to unpack, isn't it? <laughs> All right. Uh, here's the bullet points on it. Yahoo's been doing that quite a bit lately, and I like this. They'll uh, give you like the bullet points of the article and then the full article afterwards. Um, bullet points on this one is a murderer who confronted the London Bridge attacker with a narwhal tusk in 2019 will see his 17-year prison sentence reduced under a royal pardon, reports the mirror. Um Steve Gallant, 47, was jailed in 2005 after killing a former firefighter outside of a pub in the northeast city of Hull. Uh, Gallant was on his day release at a conference against, oh, excuse me, Gallant was on his day release at a conference organized to help rehabilitate uh, prisoners when the attacker, convicted terrorist Usain Khan, fatally stabbed two people. Uh, Gallant has received the royal prerogative of mercy by the queen, I like that phrase, uh, for his exceptional brave actions, which helped save people's lives despite tremendous risk to his own. Um, This is the first royal pardon for a convicted murderer in 25 years. Uh, I agree with all that, uh, except for it's not too particularly brave. The guy guy who was attacking people had a knife. You had a fucking narwhal tusk. Basically a five foot fucking spear, dude. You were armed way better than that guy. You, you, I mean, that's cool that you went up and attacked him and saved people. You know, uh, as far as getting a pardon for it, well, that's up to the queen, not me. Uh, but I don't call that super duper brave. You know, you you had superior firepower. What do you guys think? Uh, and what would you do in that situation? Joking aside, um, have you guys ever considered be you know, thought about that? If you were ever in a place where violence broke out, um what would you do like and i'm not talking like gunfire uh nobody in their right mind runs toward gunfire <laughs> you get you get the fuck away from that um but if it was something like a knife attack let's say let's say a guy's got a knife and he's just wandering around stabbing people uh what do you do you run away you you know um do you try to confront him uh uh would it make any difference if you had a gun or or a knife yourself 
uh, would, is it a situational thing? What would you guys do? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't carry a knife or a gun or anything like that on me normally. So I would probably just get the fuck away from him because I don't feel like there'd be much I could do if the situation presented itself, like, you know, he was actively stabbing people and like, there's a chair, like 10 tables and I could like grab a chair and try to hit him or something like that. Um, I like to think that I try to do that, but if I was like, just like in the middle of no place with nothing to grab, I'm not, I'm not sure if I have, uh, the guts or, you know, uh, am noble enough to engage someone in hand to hand combat, uh, who's attacking random people with a knife. Um, I don't know. Um, uh, how about you guys? I'm, Homelander obviously said he said he'd shoot him. Uh, okay, well that's yeah, that's a pretty correct assumption. I assume any of us, if we are armed with a firearm, would would shoot somebody to keep them from stabbing people. But what if you didn't have a gun? What if you didn't have anything at all? Or what if you had a knife? Um, you know, uh, and w- in what situation do you decide that your um, your own safety is is uh, more important than trying to stop this guy? I mean, what what's an acceptable risk? Uh, and I hope to never be put in that kind of position, obviously, because I suspect I'd be a fucking coward. But you never know. Uh, I occasionally I get fucking uh, um, angry, so so I I know if you get me mad enough, I make the decisions that are not uh, the the ones you'd make for your own safety. <laughs> you know, getting into arguments, people. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe in some sort of situation like that, I would find my courage. But I don't want to be in that situation to find out, to be honest with you. Zianyan says, send in a psychologist. You mean for the, uh, the hypothetical uh, stabby person or for me? Because <laughs> I guess both might apply it this, uh, by this point. I'm not going to. Oh, man. I guess, yeah, I guess I would run him over my fiesta. So as Doss uh, suggested. But man, that would fuck up my Fiesta pretty bad. It's a little tiny car. Seriously, the thing only weighs 2,600 pounds. That's the that's the only reason, the main reason why it's fast or relatively fast because it's fucking light as fuck, uh, which makes it a lot of fun. <laughs> I don't know. There might be, uh, Homelander says, damage that plastic. There might be a little bit of metal in there someplace. I don't know. They don't really make cars with metal anymore. Okay, let's see what else we got today. Oh, fuck. Air Force settles $25 million lawsuit for F-16 strafing run that killed contractor. I can't believe I have. I've never heard about this. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. A district judge ruled this week that uh, the U.S. Air Force is responsible for the death of a U.S. contractor accidentally killed during a live fire training exercise. Um, Charles Holbrook, a master, retired master sergeant and formal tactical air control party airman, died January 31st, 2017 at the White Sands Missile Range, New Mexico, after an F-16 Fighting Falcon student pilot incorrectly identified the target location during the nighttime training, instead shooting at Holbrook's location, uh, according to to court documents. Holy fuck. Um, Holbrook, who was working as a contractor for Sensors Unlimited, uh, now a division of Raython Technologies, was killed when the student mistook the line of rental cars for the similarly aligned target and was ordered 
to fire at the group, blowing up one of the rental cars and striking Holbrook in the head with a 20 millimeter round. Holy fuck. Uh, Holbrook died several hours later in the hospital, which is a fucking minor miracle any, right there. Um, the exercise involved a student and an instructor pilot, both only identified as John Doe's in this report. Uh, the training was meant to reenact a close air support scenario where F-16 fighters would attack with live ammunition and enemy position where friendlies were nearby, according to the documents. Jesus Christ. Um, that's a holy shit thing. I can't believe I've never heard that before. That's got to suck, man. Uh, that's a pretty big fucking round to get hit in the head with. Um, and yeah, certainly his family should sue in that kind of situation. That's just... I don't you call it negligence. I mean, it's it's a rookie pilot that made a mistake. Um, how far do you take that? I mean, obviously they sued the fuck out of him. Uh, they're going to get twenty five million out of it. But uh, uh, what would happen to the pilot? I mean, I, I don't think there's any criminal charges. It's just a, uh, you know, it's just a mishap, um, which I guess is good. I don't you know he, the guy's probably going to be living with that the rest of his life. The fact that he accidentally blew somebody up. Um, at that point, I, I don't think criminal time would be appropriate, really. Oh, let's see what else we got today. You guys are really making me drag this out, huh? <laughs> oh, here you go. Here's a fun one. Rapper who bragged about getting rich off of unemployment benefits in music video arrested for $1.2 million scheme, a federal prosecutor say. Uh, rapper, rapper Nuke Bizzle. Yeah, was arrested Friday on charges of scamming over 1.2 million in unemployment benefits, according to U.S. Attorney's Office in the Central District of California. Uh, the rapper, identified as Fontrell Antonio Baines uh, from Memphis, Tennessee, uh, schemed the pandemic unemployment assistance uh, provided under the CARES Act, uh, which provides uh, coronavirus aid, aid and relief, prosecutors said. Uh, Baines previously published a music video titled EDD. Uh, the California Employment Development Department, according to the press release. Uh, all right, let's see if you can find the meat on this one. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, he, he said he was uh, carried out a scheme by fraudulently applying for over $1.2 in jobless benefits using stolen identities. Ah, there you go. Um, well, apparently he used debit cards preloaded with unemployment benefits, uh, administered by the California employment development department. Uh, the plus press release stated, uh, the debit cards were issued to the names of third parties, uh, including identity theft victims. Um, the applications for these debit cards listed addresses where Baines had access to in Beverly Hills and Koreatown. Hmm. Investigation showed that Baines uh, allegedly accessed over $700,000 for more than $1.2 million scheme benefits uh, from at least 92 male debit cards. Um, and then posted a video card, a video music video bragging about doing so. Um, that's so fucking dumb. <laughs> oh, well, he did put uh, a caption for the video, which is in all caps, claims that it was created with props and made for entertainment purposes. 
that's uh oh homelander was asking me questions while i was reading it. he's worried you were from Cal- Cal- california i believe i couldn't speak on that for sure though i think i read it back there but i don't remember it was yeah 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 i don't i can't imagine i uh, i can't believe it took uh, him bragging about it on a music video to get caught i mean isn't there any kind of backtracking to find out that there's apparently like a hundred people uh at the same address applying for unemployment benefits and homeland is pointing out it doesn't seem like uh the uh math on that adds up either uh, as far as like you know, how much he gets per week and how many people he said he had um uh, unless I, i'm guessing he ran it for a while because uh otherwise it wouldn't be enough money for what they're stating but yeah <laughs> i can't believe people like that think they're going to get away with that shit and to the point where they just they actually brag about their actual crimes uh, i can't imagine that i'm so lucky they didn't have social media when i was a kid i can only imagine the dumb fucking shit i'd be putting on youtube you guys see the stupid shit i put on there now and that and that's with the wisdom of 47 years uh to keep me from doing even stupider shit if i was like anywhere between the age of 15 and 25 right now i'd probably be a fucking moron <laughs> I already have the the need to have people pay attention to me as it is. So, uh, God, who knows what, what kind of fucking look at me shit I'd be doing on YouTube to try to get hits then. Now I'm just too old to fuck around with most of that. Oh, let's see. Oh, we got about five minutes left. Let me see what else we got, got to talk about. Well, um, here's one of those. Well, you get what you deserve thing. And I don't want, actually, that's not, I don't want to put it like that because the dude died. Uh, but influencer Dimitri Schulz, Dimitri Stuhuk, Stuzhuk, Stuzhuk, yeah, Dimitri Stuzhuk, dead of coronavirus after telling followers it wasn't real. Uh, and this one I picked out because uh, it isn't one of those old people that died. Uh, fitness influencer, influencer rather, Dimitri Stuzhuk has passed away at the age of 33 after suffering from complications related to COVID-19. Uh, the social media star's ex-wife, Sophia Stuzhuk, uh, with who he, whom he shared three kids, confirmed his death in a detailed Instagram post on Saturday, October 17th. Um, <laughs> I don't care about what she said. Uh, let's see. Earlier this week, Dimitri updated his 1 million followers. That's a lot of followers uh, on his health in an Instagram post. Uh, Coronavirus, COVID, day eight, he began his caption in Russian, which I'll translate for you guys. Uh, As you all know the stories, I'm sick with with coronavirus. Uh, Today, after returning home, for the first time, there was an enthusiasm for at least writing something. I wanted to share how sick and convincingly warned everyone. It is translated. I I also thought that there was no COVID until I got sick. Uh... According to the Sun, the fitness influencer contracted COVID-19 during a trip to Turkey and was treated in his native Ukraine. Um, the media sensation also touched on this in his Instagram post. Writing, I felt bad on the second day in Turkey. I woke up in the middle of the night because my neck was swollen and it was hard to breathe. At the same time, my stomach ached a little. Uh, the next day, a cough began to appear, but there was no temperature. Uh, there were no particular symptoms of the disease either. So I thought that these could be consequences uh, after playing sports, changing the climate and nutrition, or and plus sleeping under air conditioning. 
after returning to Turkey, I immediately went to take various tests, do an ultrasound scan, and just in case, uh, decided to take a COVID test. And it turned out to be positive. Um, they gave him oxygen. Since he has a lot. All right. So basically, they're okay. It looks like they're treating him at the hospital. And um, he felt like uh, uh, it wasn't the place for him. He says there are, are he, he said there is another story because there are now renovations going on. The hospital is completely filled with people. Some of them live in the corridor. He said there's no food, no paper, no culture either. No one warned me about this. So he ended up uh, talking to his doctor and getting sent home because he thought it'd be easier there. Um, however, the son reports Dimitri was rushed back to the hospital following his at-home treatments, Sophia said, uh, that her ex-husband was in grave condition and unconscious. Uh, they, they revealed he had problems with his cardiovascular system. Uh, his heart is not coping. Uh, and then he died. Uh, and the reason I bring that up is just because that's scary, dude. Not only was this guy not an old person, uh, he was 33. He was like a fitness expert, supposedly. Enough of a fitness expert that he had like a million followers. So uh, he probably was pretty fucking healthy. Uh, and his heart couldn't take the COVID virus. And that's why people are scared of it. It's not... The, the thing is, most people are perfectly safe from the COVID. You, you catch it, it'll be like getting a flu, you'll be fine. Um, and people like, oh, it's only people that uh, have pre-existing conditions that die. And that may or may not be true, but you don't know if you have a pre-existing condition sometimes. Like this guy obviously had no clue there's something going on. Uh, he had to have something, I imagine, something wrong with his uh, heart or whatever that he was not aware of. Uh, you see that or the COVID can just fucking kill you for no goddamn reason. And that is something to be concerned about. Uh, I think they're made too big of a deal about it overall. I don't see the point in tanking our economy uh, just to delay something that's going to happen to most of us. Anyways, they're trying to like, you know, keep everyone safe until there's a vaccine and all that good stuff. But I don't know. Uh, they do a flu uh, vaccine every fucking year and tons of people catch the flu anyways. Uh, I think this is just something that's going to be around and you're just going to have to deal with it. Uh, as, as heartless as that sounds. Um, but I'm not in charge of that kind of stuff. So. I'm not the person to ask, I suppose. All right, look at the time. Well, it's official. I've did an entire show with no callers before. <laughs> so I, I want to thank you guys for fucking nothing. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, I want to thank you guys for hanging out and, and listening to the show, especially a boring-ass one with no one calling in. Um, we'll be back tomorrow at 6 o'clock to do this thing all over again. I'm not quite sure why sometimes, but I'll be here. Um, you guys have yourself a great night. Uh, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Well, later for you.